plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. You are locked on Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, part of the Scout.com network, which brings you some of the best NFL and college football coverage that you will find anywhere. And this will be our Locked On Behind Enemy Lines podcast with my colleague from Detroit, Matt Derry. But before we get going with that, the injury report came out earlier today on Friday. Wide receiver Randall Cobb is questionable. He would not have practiced today. Coach Mike McCarthy telling reporters back in Green Bay on Friday morning that he was hopeful that Cobb would practice on Saturday before they leave for Detroit. Also questionable for the Packers, cornerback Demarius Randall and inside linebacker Joe Thomas. For the Lions, cornerback Darius Slay is questionable and running back Theo Riddick is out. Riddick is their leading rusher and also one of their five 50-catch players. So a big loss on that side of the ball for the Lions. I have the full injury report up in a story over at PackerReport.com. And with that said... Let's get on with the podcast, and that'll be, the, once again, the Behind Enemy Lines with Lockdown Lions, Matt Derry. Hey, Matt, how you doing? I'm doing well. I know you're uh, you're in Michigan right now with some family, so, you know, that's uh, that's kind of nice to, to be there for the holidays, huh? It is great. Uh, I, I think I'm the only person who covers the Packers who's happy about Green Bay playing at Detroit for Thanksgiving or, or the holidays. It's, uh, it, it's, it's a big family victory for my family who has to suffer through my job and all this stuff all year long. It's nice to, it's nice to have a payoff for them. Yeah, I'm interested in talking to family and your wife's family and everybody. I mean, does everybody just think the Lions are going to lose because the Packers have always owned the Lions, or, or do you do you talk to people that are confident that Detroit can pull this off? Um, yeah, my 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 brother-in-law is confident, but he he's he's always confident. Um, it, it seems to me from the people I've talked to, some fans and stuff interacting on Twitter that. That Lions fans are, are filled with doom and gloom, but you you you, you might have a better feel for that than I do. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think that um, I think because it's Aaron Rodgers, because the Packers have won five in a row, because of what happened last year when everybody got their hopes up in a season that was basically on life support and dead, all of a sudden got revived, and here's a Thursday night game at Ford Field, and Lions won the game. It was over uh, yep. pretty much, and then of course you know Hail Mary and everything else. So. Yeah, I think there's a lot of lines that are scared of their minds. That that was it was an exciting finish, but I remember my game story's written at that point. Now of course the, the Packers have lost. And he catches and go, Oh, word I can't use on air. They just won. And I had to quick rewrite like five paragraphs of the story before going down to the locker room. It was uh it was something. <laughs> the Packers do you think the Packers have learned anything from that game from last year? Heading into this one, or is that just totally in the rearview mirror? Yeah, totally rearview mirror. That was God. I mean, that that Packers offense was so bad for most of last year, where they they put together you know a series here and a series there and a play here and a play there, but just from on a play to play basis, it was just a it's a bad offense. You know, we you know we talked about it all year long among 
you know, with with the people back in Green Bay, it was you know the Jordan was it Jordy Nelson was it was it the scheme, you know what was it? But you know for you know they they started last year six and zero, but you know for the last ten games it was it was just a train wreck on offense, and it really wasn't a whole lot different from most of the first. Oh gosh, I don't know seven eight games of this year, and 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 they, and they finally got to figure it out where this Packers offense looks a bit like the Packers offense that people have grown accustomed to seeing for a lot of years. start on offense um i'll start with rogers where you know i i've talked about this a bunch of times on on, on the lockdown packers podcast we had seattle's michael bennett on the conference call um before that game three or four weeks ago and we asked bennett what he saw was different with green bay's offense i mean he had seen the packers basically all year long because of common opponents and bennett said that he thought early in the year rogers was was looking for the big play too much and, and ignoring the easy play and in favor of trying to extend plays and make plays on the field, um, he saw. He thought, in, which kind of backs up what, what my eyes have seen that you know that Rodgers had finally decided to just you know take what's there. You know, it's not bad to throw a three-yard pass and, and let your guys run for five or six. So I think Rodgers is playing more efficiently in that regard. For one, two, um, the return of Jordy Nelson. He didn't. He barely practiced in training camp. He didn't play in the preseason. It took him. You know, it took him some time to get going after missing all of last year with the torn ACL. He's just gotten better and better and better as this year's gone on, so he's played better. Um, Devontae Adams, who I think Lions fans might remember from the from the game at Lambeau last year, where Rodgers threw him like a half a million passes, and he caught like five of them for like 10 yards. I mean, it's just one of the worst things you'd ever seen. He He's blossomed into a, into a good player. And Jared Cook, who got hurt in that first Detroit game this year, is back, and he's made a difference. So I, I Rodgers is... Rodgers is playing better, and he's got a full complement of weapons. So that's offense. And on defense, you know, they, they played three or four games this year with without any of their top three corners. Well, good luck with that. I mean, I think Lions fans know what that's like playing with your top corners. <laughs> you saw that against Dallas last week. Yeah. So, you know, they, they've, got their, they've got some of their cover guys. Yeah, they, they got some of their cover guys. Yeah, so I mean, look, there, there are two ways to, or there's one way to win a lot of games in the NFL. First, you got to throw it well, and two, you have to stop the other team from throwing it well. And Green Bay couldn't stop anybody, and you know they're they're still struggling, but at least they got two of their three guys back in Demarius Randall and Quentin Rollins, so they're somewhat okay there. I mean, they haven't played well, but it's still better than the alternative. And you know, Clay Matthews missed some time, and he's playing better. And Nick Perry missed some time, and he's playing better. So. I, I would say it's being efficient on offense and getting some guys back on defense. Um, the other side of the coin, Matt, what, what's going on in, De- in, in Detroit lately? Um, they started off great. They've lost a couple in a row. What, what's been the story there? You know, Bill, I'll tell you, I, I think the story with the Lions has been uh, a couple of different things. Number one, um, I do think the, they've upped their competition over the last couple of weeks. I'm not going to be one that's ever going to play the schedule game and say, well, who did they beat? 
Because when they swept Minnesota, if you would have said at the start of the year, they're going to sweep Minnesota, people would have thought you were crazy. Right. Knock off Philly, Washington, uh, even the Rams to win three in a row at home in the middle of the season, starting one and three. I still think this is a pretty good football team. It's, it's better than a lot of people nationally think. And have been coached up actually pretty well. And they had a very good draft, too. So a lot of rookies that can play. So give credit to first-year general manager um, Bob Quinn. But with that being said, yes, they faced the Giants team a couple of weeks ago that was the best defense and the best secondary that they saw all year. And then Dallas, you know, Monday night, that's a, that's a superior team as well that handled the Lions up front and then in the second half took the run game away. So, yes, I would say the schedule's caught up with them the last couple of weeks. Um, but not having Darius Slay, not having Theo Riddick, who's really their best weapon offensively, not being Matthew Stafford, I think is hurt. And, you know, they finally didn't play a couple of close games where they seemed to win every one of them. And not to say they got blown out in New York, but it didn't come down to the end. And so now, you know, they kind of get back together after two tough road games and, and come home where I think they have a very good chance. How much of the uh, – if, if well, – Stafford looked like an MVP for the first half of the year. He's kind of um, taking a step back, and you know, that was kind of pre-finger. What, what, what what's, what's going on there, do you think? Yeah, you know, I don't blame the finger like some other people. I know he's had more turnovers over the last couple of weeks. I think that's more to do with the fact that he's faced the Giants and he's faced Dallas um, as opposed to the finger. Um, he hasn't complained about it. I haven't seen him a lot of, you know, he threw – People were dark to Eric Ebron the other night against the Cowboys where he dropped it, where it wasn't, there wasn't anything like, oh, well, that was a wounded duck or, or a wobbly pass at all. Um, I don't think it's had that big of a factor on Stafford at all. I, I think he's been pressured more the last couple of weeks. I think he's seen some very good front the last couple of weeks. And I think that's been more of an issue than the finger itself. Uh, he had a horrible game earlier this year in Chicago against, you know, a Bears team that was missing basically everybody on defense through some bad balls and Nobody said a word about any injury there. Um, I'm not real impressed with what Green Bay does defensively. And, uh, certainly their secondary can be had, in my opinion. So I think Stafford will, will ratchet up a good uh, good performance. The question is going to be, can the Lions slow down Aaron Rodgers? And how healthy will Darius Slay be? You know, that's, that's the biggest thing. I'm assuming the Packers could be licking their chops if Slay doesn't play. Yeah, I would think so, too. I mean, I mean look at uh, Detroit's pass defense you know, for, for the course of the season, I, I think they're last in opponent quarterback rating, last in completion percentage. So not good even with Slay. Obviously, Slay's a heck of a player, and they have a ton of respect for him, and, and for good reason. But, my goodness, and we just talked about with, with Green Bay secondary, it, it, you, I mean, Nevin Lawson, you know, was it Jonathan Batamosi? And my, I don't even know if I'm saying the guy's name right. I mean, it's 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 not a great secondary. Yeah, Jonathan Batamosi was signed as a special teams ace and then I guess during practice and training camp did all right as a third or fourth corner. And you're right, against Dallas the other night, and Des Bryant ate him alive. And, um, you know, Cole Beasley and those guys, it was uh, it was a rough night. But he's had to play. He's actually overachieved, Bill. He's actually played pretty well. But if he has to start and he has to be on the field for a majority of the snaps, uh, there's a big drop-off between Darius Slay. And like you said, I think Lawson's okay. They get a bad game Monday night. I think he's been all right. Um, what, what about the Packers' offensive line? I know that the last couple of years uh, they've been banged up and, and Rodgers has been hit, but you know now T.J. Lang is, is a pro bowler and healthy. The foot uh, is healed and some other guys back. How key has that line been? 
Yeah, the line has been great. I mean, you can look at the sack numbers and throw a lot of that out. I think a lot of those sacks fall on Rodgers for trying to extend plays and whatnot. Left tackle David Bakhtiari. I don't know. I I have no idea how to judge the rest of the league. I don't I don't see enough of the league, and I sure I certainly don't study left tackles. But their left tackle David Bakhtiari to me is is an elite player. Where they never helped the guy, and there was no reason to ever help the guy. He beats everybody one on one. He's given up a few sacks, but he's he's a terrific player. Um, T.J. Lang, he's certainly not healed. He's going with a broken foot, but he's he's a tough guy. Uh, the center's Corey Lindsley, and he's he's a really good player too. Um, I think everyone out there knows that at the uh, end of training camp, the Packers cut Josh Sitton, the Pro Bowler, and that was a yeah. Frankly, I don't know why they cut him. It's it's still a great mystery of, of why they cut him. If it was locker room stuff, if they were concerned about his health. Or if it was surely money, but the guy who's filled in Lane Taylor has been really good. I mean, he's not Josh Sitton good, but when you take, if you want to compare six and a half million a year for five hundred thousand a year, however Lane Taylor's making, I, I think Green Bay kind of, kind of wins that. And the right tackle Brian Balaga has been has been a pretty solid veteran. So the O line has been great. How about the Lions' passion? Ziggy Ansa two sacks. I mean, I, I kind of I kind of had to take a double take at that. Yeah, you know, the other night he got the big one on um, Dak Prescott, and, and, and John Gruden made the comment uh, that it's one of the best defensive ends in the game, and then I think Sean McDonough said he's only a second sack. He's been disappointing this year. He's been hurt a lot, uh, ankle injury, and uh, he's not been 100%. And to be honest, when he's been back, I mean, he's been back four, five, six weeks, he's not got to the quarterback. And on the other side, Devin Taylor's been a huge disappointment. That was the guy, of course, the infamous face mask on Aaron Rodgers, which then allowed for the last play in the Hail Mary last year. And um, Devin Taylor, to me, looks like a backup at best. Um, you know, Kerry Hyder's been really good. They right. Him inside and outside, number 61. So that's a guy I think the Packers should worry about. I think Lodi Knott has been fine inside. I think Sean Robinson, the rookie, has been pretty good. The D tackles are okay, especially against the run. But they have not gotten a lot of pressure on him. The question's going to be for Terrell Austin, certainly on Sunday. Lions defensive coordinator is, is Bill. Will will he blitz and try to get to Rodgers that way? Because it always seems when Lions play the Packers, when they attempt to blitz him, he somehow finds a way to get out of there, gets out of there and runs. So we'll, we'll see here. Whitehead be able to find him. Josh Bynes, the other linebackers of the line. Lions linebackers, what, what definitely scares me, not just Jordy Nelson and Ty Montgomery and everybody else, and, um, you know, is, is Jared Cook against the Lions linebackers, but with, the, with DeAndre Levy there and playing, they're better against tight ends than they were earlier this year when he was out because tight ends just shredded him. You go down the list, uh, C.J. Fedorowicz, it was nonstop all year where tight ends were having their way with the Lions until Levy got back. I want, I want to ask you about Hyder. Eight sacks, um, again, I, that's where they take the double tech. I saw eight sacks and just assumed it was answered until I realized that it wasn't. Who in the heck is Kerry Hyder? So I'm sure my guy. I'm sure my fans have no idea. Yeah, no, under undrafted, uh, a guy who bounced around the league for a couple of years. I think he played two snaps over the last two years, uh, other places, and then got, got a chance with the Lions and was really the last guy to make the team out of training camp uh, because he had a big preseason and it's continued through the regular season. He's been a godsend for this team, and like I said, there are some games that they move him on third downs inside so they can get a inside rush on passing downs and. He's played tremendously well. I think the big thing is, will he be able to get you know past the likes of Balaga and Lang? A lot of times he lines up on that side. So I'll be interested to see 
you know, how he does, but he's been, there have been a couple of those types of guys, Bill, on this team that I'm sure Packer fans, if they go through the roster or, or go on Twitter and read about them, they won't know who some of these people are. Uh, Miles Killebrew, a third down safety, makes plays. Um, you know, Glover Quinn's not a household name. You look at all the rookies on the, up front of the, on the offensive line and say, who are some of these people? Especially if Swanson doesn't play, Travis Swanson, then you're looking at Graham Glasgow at center, a rookie. Uh, left guard would be Lakin Tomlinson, a second-year player who struggled. So, but yet they, they've held up, and Stafford has, has played every down. So uh, a lot of guys that I think have been surprising for the Lions in terms of how they play. The question is, can they do it one more time, put a consistent effort, effort together, and um, and get it done on Sunday? I, what's the reaction about Mike McCarthy? Is that all that talk about him being gone? Is that is that slowed down now and basically died out? Yeah, I think so. Um, it'd be interesting if they were to lose this game. I mean, he's not going to get fired. I mean, he's he's as safe as can be. Um, it'd be interesting among the fans what the fan reaction will be because fans were so mad. I mean, I mean, I, I never know what to make out of social media. Is it just the the unruly minority who's mad, or if it's if it really is a genuine reflection of of you know Packer Nation as a whole? But yeah, they they were. I mean, when they're four and six. And they want McCarthy fired. They want Ted Thompson fired. I mean, they just want you know a wholesale house cleaning. But now you're five. You've won five in a row, and you know obviously McCarthy's safe. You know Ted Thompson being up there in age, maybe I, I have no idea what his plans are. But you know at some point they'll they'll move on from that. But yeah, I, I think everybody's job is safe. But it will be interesting to see if they were to lose this game and and if uh, the Giants don't do him any favors and Washington wins and, and Green Bay goes nine and seven. And out of the playoffs, it'll, it'll be interesting to see the reaction, which is a a great segue into this. How about Jim Caldwell? I, mean, I, I read some stuff this week where, where Caldwell was on hot seat. I'm thinking, my God, from 2001 to 2010, they had nine, ten lost seasons in ten years. <laughs> so is Jim Caldwell really, is he really on the hot seat too? It's the same question you just asked me. Is he really on the hot seat? Well, let's, let's say, let's say uh, the Lions get embarrassed on Sunday night, and let's say Rodgers and company just torch him, and the Bluebirds come out, and it's at home, and Washington had already won 425 against the Giants, and the Lions would be bumped out of the playoffs. Um, I'm not going to say he's going to go by any stretch of the imagination, because he has coached a pretty good season, but he's not Bob Quinn's guy. Bob Quinn got here and inherited him and kept him. Uh, he's got one more year left on his contract. Um Nobody knows what Quinn is going to do, but for this season, how the expectations were low. Some people picked him to be fourth in the division. Some said, most said third. No way they're going to beat Green Bay or Minnesota. Most said third. Some said four. But they're a last-place team. Then you lose Ziggy Anta, DeAndre Levy, Darius Slay, Theo Riddick for long stretches of time. Um, You have a makeshift offensive line with, with, at times, three rookies playing. Uh, like they did last weekend when uh, um, Joe Dahl was playing left guard and they had uh, an entire left side was was, was rookies. Um, I, I think Caldwell's done a pretty good job, but, you know, they'll be reminded of the Hail Mary, I'm sure, by NBC numerous times <laughs> from last year on the, on the screen and, and the fact that Caldwell wasn't ready for it and admitted after the game they thought they were in a lateral. Uh, the Houston game this year where he botched a few things with the red flag, with a challenge and everything else. So, there are times during games where he really struggles and fans are up in arms. How could he not challenge that? How could he not call for a review? So if that stuff comes up Sunday, I'm 
not saying he's going to go, but I would, if I had to guess, I would say he'd be back next year. And the players love playing for him, and for the most part, I think he's done he's done well. He's done a pretty good job. The question is going to be, what does he have up his sleeve for Sunday night, and will his team be ready to go, or is this going to be like in Green Bay where the Packers jump out to a 28-point lead in the first half, you know? Sure. I guess from my way outside perspective, and you know, I, I don't know anything from over here, but you know, you, you, you know, you, you got no running game. You lose Calvin Johnson. You mentioned all the O line um, rookies playing. The 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 cornerback crew, you know, um, slay aside, isn't very good. And I'm thinking, shoot, you're you're nine and six. You've been you've been dang good at home. That seems to be, be that seems to me to be a pretty good coaching job I, from from my perspective. I don't know. Yeah, I gotta go Green Bay, and um, I, I will preface this by saying, as I remind my listeners all the time, I'm eight and seven on my weekly picks this year, and I picked the Bears to beat the Packers a couple weeks ago. So I don't know. I swear I am terrible at this this year, but I I, I look at Rodgers against the Lions secondary and say, shoot, you're, you've got to win that. I mean, that just seems like it's easy pickings, and I think Ty Montgomery gives them a better running game than. Whoever the heck the Lions are going to use, whether it's whether Riddick plays or if it's Zach Center, I like that. I like, I, I like Green Bay's. If you're talking the guys in the trenches, I, I like Green Bay's O line better than uh, Detroit's O line. It's hard for me to go against the Packers in this one. How, how about you, Matt? No, no, I, I just I'm not impressed with the Packers secondary. No, they're they're not they're terrible. Somehow, some way, I just have a feeling, if it comes down to the kicking game, I think Prater could be a difference in this game, and the Lions sneak one by by three to exercise some demons and, and win it all. If the Lions are going to Lambeau, Bill, I would tell you there's no chance. Okay? <laughs> None. But I just have this feeling with the kicking game, uh, and Slay played, because he's practiced the last couple of days, that... They'll sweep one by, but I'm not. That, I'm not going crazy with confidence on the pick, though. You know, it's the way it is, right? I mean, in in the NFL, where there's a few really good teams and a few really bad teams, and everybody else is really the same, aren't they? No doubt about it, Bill. Great, uh, great catching up. This was fun. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it, and, and we'll, uh, I'll see you up there on Sunday. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst.